0: Hello, thank you for joining us. My name is Antoinette Landejon, and I'm very excited to be here with Duncan Shula from Gieson in New Zealand and tonight we will be talking about non-alcoholic wines, but also touching on a whole range of things, including who is Duncan. Duncan, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, thanks Antoinette. Uh, look, it's, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, to have a chat with you today about what we're doing here at Geason. Um, So, as you've said, I'm, I'm Duncan Schuler, and my role is uh, Director of Winemaking at Gieson Wines. Um, we're quite a diverse wine company, and so my role sort of encompasses looking after regular wine production right from our base level uh, wines right through to our small single vineyard wines that we make up our clayman site, and now, of course, increasingly as well a, a range of zero alcohol wines. So my role is to sort of try and... Uh, drive the new product development and the new products that we're making there. Um, my background is I actually was born in England. I've still got a little bit of an accent. I think it's probably a combination of Kiwi and English. Uh, born in England and uh, lived there and lived in the Mediterranean for a couple of years, uh, which is where I think I got my, uh, my first sort of uh, hook in, in wine, I think. Um, and actually studied marine biology initially before wine. And uh, did that as a sort of a lifestyle choice. I found it pretty fascinating. Uh, Moved to New Zealand in the early 2000s. And that was sort of at a stage when the New Zealand wine industry was really just starting to to explode. It was really getting going. It already made an impact on on wine worldwide. Uh, But in the early 2000s, it was really starting to happen. So it was an opportunity. I I loved wine for many years and uh, got into the wine industry. And so here I am in um, uh, not so sunny Marlborough today, but uh, moderately sunny.
0: Excellent. Uh, Well, it's a real pleasure, and I also understand that uh, you're you're continuing your education further uh, beyond winemaking into more uh, global studies of the Master of Wine program. So congratulations uh, with that very difficult journey. Um, So the the Giesen family story, it is a family story, and it's a very rich family story. Can you tell us a little bit about the brothers and how they decided to to push Giesen to where it is today?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic story, actually. It is really wonderful. So, uh, Gieson was founded by three brothers, Theo, Alex and Marcel. And initially, Alex and Theo left Germany. So they're of German uh, heritage, left Germany in the late 70s, around about 1979, and decided to uh, move to the Southern Hemisphere and, and start afresh. And initially, they actually moved to Australia. Um, they moved to Australia first, and the first week they were there, they were in Melbourne, and there was a heat wave, uh, So it's 40, 40 degrees Celsius plus, so you know, above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and they jumped in the swimming pool where they were staying, and there was a snake in the swimming pool, uh, the legend has. So they pretty much jumped out of the pool and said, let's go somewhere that's a bit cooler without snakes. Um, and of course, just over the water was the beautiful island of, or two islands of New Zealand, uh, which is nice and cool. And there's absolutely no snakes. So they moved to New Zealand um, and moved to uh, the area of Canterbury in New Zealand, where uh, they started sort of getting a feel for what they were going to do here. And part of the journey was going to the local wine store and discovering that there really wasn't a lot of choice in local wines. So they said, we should, we should have a go at this. We know a little bit about wine making. We haven't really done it before. Let's make some wine. So they, they planted a vineyard and started making wine in Canterbury. Um, then they got onto their phone to their, their younger brother, Marcel, who was in Germany, I managed to convince him to A, study winemaking at Geisenheim and then B, travel all the way to New Zealand and be their winemaker. Um, and off they went. And the rest is history. They've uh, they've grown from being a very small company down in, in uh, Canterbury to now New Zealand's largest family owned uh, winery. So it's a huge success story.
0: And to give an idea of what that means... Uh as far as production level, uh, average, or number of SKUs uh, labels that you might offer at the winery, where are we?
1: Yeah, so we, are, we would be certainly one of the top 10 biggest wineries in New Zealand. Um, we'd be around about sort of between sort of five and eight in terms of number. Um, so we're, we're certainly regarded as a large winery. Anything above, you know, sort of 10,000 tons is, is pretty big here. And uh, we're certainly bigger than that. Um, And we are large in volume, but we're certainly complex, like I I think I mentioned earlier when we first first started talking, we're kind of complex wine business. We have a lot of products. Uh, So we have products that range from grocery, supermarket driven, classic, simple, clean examples of New Zealand wine, uh, right through to very small production, high end, single vineyard uh, expressions. Um, and now, of course, zero alcohol as well. So there's a, a lot of different tiers of wine and within those lots of different SKUs. So quite a complex business, but um, very uh, consumer focused, very focused towards giving the wine drinker what they want um, and trying to create styles that really resonate with the, with the consumer worldwide.
0: Not easily segues into uh, the next topic, which is the the indications that were watched to push uh through the the concept of non-alcoholic wine production so uh new zealand is is not only leading in sustainability in the wine industry but it's very quickly starting to be to trend non-alcoholic products as well especially with the sauvignon blancs what were the instigators to start thinking about creating non-alcoholic products
1: yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating. So here in New Zealand, we had a programme uh, that started oh, was about 12, 13 years ago now called the New Zealand Lighter Wine Programme. And that was to encourage producers to consider making slightly lower in alcohol expressions of classic New Zealand wine. And it was very, very successful. Um, but it was mostly wines that were around about nine, nine and a half percent alcohol. Now, we, we were part of that program, and we made some lovely wines that were really quite successful around that sort of level of alcohol. But the zero alcohol part of what we did, it actually came from uh, a fitness challenge, the health and well-being challenge that we held at, at, at Geeson, And that was in 2019. And we challenged all of the staff, everyone across the country, to, to partake in this challenge. And of course, it meant counting calories, counting steps and abstaining from alcohol for a month and myself and the rest of the winemaking team we all signed up to it pretty quickly we thought it was a great initiative Uh, and then just as quickly we realized that we wouldn't be able to drink wine for a month (laughs) Um, so we sort of held an emergency meeting and decided to try to figure out what we could do we went out to the wine stores and the supermarkets locally to find non-alcoholic examples uh, we said let's give them a go. And there wasn't much choice. And what we did find, you know, I'm not going to say it was bad because it's always subjective, but it didn't really appeal to us very much. Um, so on the back of that, we said, let's give it a crack. Maybe we could make one uh, and we could see that people were starting to need something that's not just lower in alcohol, but would like to have the option of zero alcohol wine as long as the quality was good enough. Uh, So we started with Sauvignon Blanc. We made a zero alcohol Sauvignon Blanc as a trial. We thought it tasted pretty good and we uh, we went for it and, and the rest is history.
0: And so to make any great bottle of wine, you need great grapes. And so let's focus uh, our attention on the vineyards uh, for the next topic. What has changed in the vineyard, uh, your approach to viticulture when you are harvesting for non-alcoholic or are you harvesting specifically for non-alcoholic? How does it really work?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really good question, actually. Now, I probably have to go back to uh, the first point you said there, which is, is to make great wine, you, you've got to have great grapes. Um, you, you can't make great wine out of average grapes. You can certainly make average wine out of great grapes, uh, but you can't do it the other way around. So you need that great base product. And then with Zero Alcohol Wine, more and more we, we learn that it's the same. The base product is, is regular wine. Um, So to make a good zero alcohol wine, you've got to start with a really good base wine. Uh, So if you start with a a substandard base wine, you can't make a good zero alcohol version because one transfers into the other. So pretty much our approach in the vineyard and then through the winery, when we make the base wine is very much the same as it would be if we were making a regular example. So let's say, for example, we're making a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Um, We are using the same practices in the vineyard. We're trying to get the same flavor profiles. The only one thing that's different uh, for something like a Sauvignon Blanc or any of our white wines or alcohol uh, versions is that the acidity has to be managed. When you de a wine, the acidity stands out like a sore thumb. So you've got to try and get a little bit more ripeness to drop the acidity level or choose fruit from parts of the country or vineyards that are naturally lower in acidity. And so that means that once you've removed the alcohol, it's a more balanced wine. But apart from that it's everything is the same as, as you would for a regular a regular seven-year-old.
0: Yeah it's it's quite curious uh, the acidity has really been the characteristic that has stood out across my uh, non-alcoholic wine uh, adventures and it uh, your comment makes me wonder what the future of uh, popular varietals would be for non-alcoholic wines if we could, if there would be an introduction of wines with less acidity. But in my opinion, uh, your non-alcoholic Sauvignon Blanc is pretty awesome. So definitely uh, keep working on that one uh, <laughs> for my own enjoyment. Um, Thank you. And and once you take the the wine, it's, it's been fermented. So your yeast strains that you're using are the same, or are you using ones that perhaps have more accentuation on, on certain fruit flavors? Uh, or are they more neutral?
1: Yeah, so um now obviously every variety is different, but if I if I use Sauvignon Blanc is a good example, we're we're using for our regular Sauvignon Blanc, we're using yeast strains that are very effective at converting the flavor compounds, the file compounds into those flavors that we all know and love in New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. So yeast that are really good expressing tropical fruit flavors and passion fruit and blackcurrant leaf. So with the zero alcohol, um, you really, really want that. So you want to create as much flavor in the base wine as you possibly can. Because when you go through the process of dealkalization, uh, the day may come when, when this isn't the case. But at the moment, at least, it's, it's basically impossible not to lose some flavor because ultimately alcohol is flavor and alcohol carries flavor. So if you start with a really intensely flavored base wine, then you can have a much, much better zero alcohol wine. So we use yeast that we would use in our regular wine. um, And certainly we avoid uh, neutral yeasts. There are some yeasts that are really, really good at producing the flavors we want, as well as consuming some of the acidity, some of the acidity is metabolized. And that's a good thing because that drops the natural acidity of the wine and helps it to be more balanced as a finished product um but mostly we use the same the same process as well it's really only when we de the wine that anything changes everything leading up to it is mostly the same as regular wine production
0: well that's brilliant let's talk about that process uh what is the process to take alcohol out of an alcoholic product
1: yeah so we use we use something called spinning cone technology um and so probably before i I go into what that is and it does sound pretty scary um it's not as scary as it sounds i promise um the what you've got to think about when you remove the alcohol from wine is that you don't want heat you want to avoid heat because heat affects the flavor of wines very very quickly uh it will reduce the aroma it can give you cooked characteristics And so we're trying to avoid that. So to remove the alcohol, you've got to distill it from the wine. But you're trying to do that in a way that has as little heat as possible. And that's what the spinning cone does. So uh, the spinning cone is distillation under a vacuum. So it's a vacuum distillation. And as soon as you distill under a vacuum, you can distill alcohol at a lower... Uh, temperature a lower boiling point Um, and the spinning cone part of it is basically a series of cones that spin literally and the wine basically flows down from one cone onto another cone creating a really large surface area and when you've got that large surface area and a vacuum you can you can distill alcohol at very very low temperatures now, the other thing that we do, uh, and uh, like I said, I, I can't give the, the game away too much, but I can give you a few a few good insights into it. Uh, one thing that we do as well is that we use the spinning cone to capture the aroma of the wine before we do anything else. Spinning cone is used extensively in the perfume industry for that very reason. So you can take a solution of something and you can capture a concentrated parcel of the aroma and hold that. And, and what we do, for example, with Sauvignon Blanc, is we put the Sauvignon Blanc through at very low temperatures and we just distill the aroma. Uh, So then we we capture that aroma and put it to one side. So we've protected it. And then we can turn the temperature up slightly and remove all of the alcohol. Uh, So at that stage, we've basically got alcohol. We've got zero alcohol wine with no aroma, which is not great. And then we've got this amazing Sauvignon Blanc perfume. And then you can add some of that back in to bring the aroma back to the wine. So the concept is to take the aroma out to protect it before you remove the alcohol and then put the pieces back together again.
0: That's absolutely incredible. I I hope the day comes that I can come visit the winery and have a sneak peek at your uh, magical uh, chemistry lab over there. Um, This whole process, uh, determining which varieties to work with, uh, determining um, the the specialized yeast strains that you wanted to use, and of course, the machinery you wanted wanted to use must have taken uh, quite a a process, Uh, but it's left you being one of the most highly awarded uh producers of non-alcoholic wine can you tell us a little bit about where you see the future of non-alcoholic wines going uh and do you have any special projects that you're working on now for for that category
1: yeah, look, I, I think that the future for the category is is certainly very, very exciting. I think that um, people are starting to understand how they can integrate non-alcoholic alternatives into their lifestyle. And it's not always replacing alcoholic drinks. We're finding that a, a large number of the people driving the category are regular wine drinkers. Um, but then two or three nights a week, they just want to reduce their alcohol consumption. So it's about integrating zero alcohol wine into a lifestyle. So for us, the key is that they look as, as whiny as they possibly can. So they give people that wine drinking experience. I think that will continue to grow. And I think especially what we're going to see is we're only just touching the surface of this category. There's a lot of growth, bo- both in terms of popularity and volume, but growth in diversity of the products. We're going to see that over the next few years. And I think we'll see some really interesting non-alcoholic alternatives come into the market over the coming years as people want to try new things, try something a bit different. And that won't always be traditional de wine or de beer. There'll be other things as well. Um, at Gieson, uh, Special Projects, we we do like to move quite quickly. We're quite dynamic. Uh, so we're always trying something new. And uh, we've recently bought out a Zero Alcohol Sparkling, which is, uh, which is quite lovely. Uh, that's quite fun. Um, but we're going to continue to push the boundaries with our Zero Alcohol Wines and other products as well. So I think we'll be looking at some other things as well we can do in that category. Um, look, we're we, we uh, for, you know we're a wine company, so we're always going to be producing good examples of classic New Zealand alcoholic wine. But I think we see that it's really important now to complement that with zero alcohol alternatives, to give people the choice um, when the circumstances are such that they don't want to drink alcohol, it gives them the ability to have that experience without it. And, and that's what we're all about.
0: Well, one of the beautiful things about uh, what you do over there at Giesen is that you can always guarantee that there's consistency in the product and the wines are well made, whether or not they do or do not have alcohol in them. So uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. I have maybe 50 more questions to ask you, but I'll spare you um, this time around, at least before we say goodbye. Do you have any last comments uh, or thoughts to share with us?
1: Oh, look, I, I just think that, uh, you know, thanks for everyone who, who supported the wines. And I think that uh, if people are thinking about it, give, give them a try, you know. And what I love to say to people is um, with zero alcohol wine, there is no rules. You can, you can drink it how you want. We encourage people to drink them the same way as they would a regular wine. Um, but if you, if you like it with some soda water in and a slice of lemon or, uh, you know, the sparkling wine that we've just created makes a really lovely zero alcohol mimosa with some orange juice. Um, have fun with it and um, you know these are these are adult beverages that don't have alcohol in so have a bit of fun with it and see how you can integrate it into your lifestyle
0: thank you so much for your time Duncan it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with you and learning a little bit about some of the secrets over there at Gießen and uh, we hope to see you soon again
1: Thanks, Antoinette. Absolute pleasure. And uh, do come over to visit us in New Zealand sometime.
0: Excellent. Thanks.
1: Thanks so much.